All right. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Puck Placement Podcast presented by Sports Ethos. Today, we are going over the Atlantic division, our last division to cover, and probably my my favorite division this year. Um, just loaded with talent, loaded with teams that will vie for the playoffs. I'm still trying to figure out who I want or who I'm confident about making the playoffs. Um, so, you know, and of course, uh, we're joined by Doby Goldman, of course. Um, and uh, let's get into it. Um, first up, we've got the Maple Leafs, Doby's uh, hometown team. Um, they added uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, John Klingberg, Ryan Reeves, and Martin Jones. So, interesting additions. Uh, hey, Doby, do you, do you have a fan on? What? Oh, I have a fan. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, I just was worried about the feedback. Um, but yeah, interesting additions. Um, I, in my opinion, I, I think the defense and the goalies will be the reason why they don't win the cup, but they're obviously going to make the playoffs and they have them winning the division. Um, Neilander is moving to center, which should be interesting. Possibly, possibly. We'll see. Yeah. It's, yeah. uh, it's up in the air still. Like, uh, Last night in last night's preseason game against Detroit, he was on the wing. Yeah. Um, so it seems like you know, in the ultimate preseason game, is going to probably di- uh, indicate what Sheldon, how Sheldon Keith wants to uh, set his lineup, at least for the beginning of the season. But it is at least promising that you know he stuck it out through most of camp at center. Um. I, I think that, you know, a lot of Leafs Nation is very pessimistic that this is going to work. But if it will work, this was the way to go about it. It, it mm-hmm. happens to be is that Fraser Minton, their second round pick, their first pick from last season, which they actually acquired by trading down in the draft to get rid of Peter Morazic's contract, was the uh, – he, he has really come on strong in camp. He has four points in four games, and – he's developed a lot of chemistry with Matthew and I. So he, he's making it a very tough decision for Sheldon Keefe. Of, are we sending him back to Kamloops? Are we giving him a nine-game tryout? Um, so from, from what it sounds like, there's a decent chance he's going to make it. And that will indicate, and, and they'll see, and, they'll, and we'll take a look at that. But Nylander at center, I definitely did like that they were looking into that at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, at, at the I think season, I'm sorry. Hmm? Yeah, I was going to say, I think it makes them deeper, more balanced, um, depending it, on it, take, it takes away It takes away from the wings. So, like, if you go through through their, their top nine at forward very quickly, like, are you going to move Tavares to the wing or not? And if Nylander's at center, then, like, you kind of have a hole at right wing. In who knows, maybe like, you know, they signed Patrick Kane or something like that. And then they're just loaded. Um, but, and, and that would, if something like that would happen, that would definitely uh, give a strong indication that Nylander's playing center this year. 
but yeah. it's it there is still ambiguity and tomorrow evening's game against Detroit will probably sh- push one way or the other how this is going to shake out do you think uh, Lafferty will be the sec on the second wing or second line or probably not gonna- Probably not. Like he definitely has, he's hot and cold. I'm sure, you know, you're familiar with him from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, like he, he has break, break, breathtaking speed, a nose for the net, lacks finishing. Um, I do think actually that it's interesting to see how this is going to play out. They have Noah Gregor on a PTO and he has looked mm-hmm. also very promising uh, yeah, with like- another year of eligible, like another year of ARB if they decide to keep him. And we've, we've liked what we've seen. Um, so we, we would like to, you know, a third, fourth line guy like bottom six, who has some scoring tech and penalty kill. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a little ambiguous exactly how things are going to play out. But I think that things are light and breezy, despite a very disappointing playoff exit against Florida last year, the player, the, the fan base here, there's it as opposed to in previous years against Tampa and Montreal and Columbus, where the fan base has had a lot of apathy towards the team. And like, I don't care about the regular season. There are, there is definitely an element of that in people's demeanor, but in the same way, people are excited because Matthew nice is here and they brought in Bertuzzi, which is one of the biggest additions of the off season across the league. Domi Leafs nation has been clamoring for him for years and he's going to be a favorite. He's on a one-year deal. I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. Like, he wants to be here. He took less to be here, and they're going to love him here. Uh, and yeah. you're familiar with him as well. Um, yeah. And I think this is this is going to be a good year. I don't think they're going to make the Cup. Samsonov is really going to have to emerge, or Wall is going to have to just break out. Um, they, they do have, you know, some some goaltenders in the system, but most of them are, f- are far away or like they need some more seasoning. So definitely they're not going to be relying on them. Um, I mean, I don't think Martin Jones has it like he's like, I think that's, you know, we, we've seen what that is. Like he could stand on his head, but once he falls apart, he falls apart and he'll probably get claimed off waivers, you know, early next week uh, when, because Tampa needs a goalie, Colorado mm-hmm. needs a goalie. Um, so I, I do think you're right. I think goaltending will ultimately be their downfall. I have them going to the conference finals. Like I, I'm very bullish on them, especially because while, as you said, the Atlantic is stacked in terms of teams that could just take that next step and become a bona fide playoff team, like a Buffalo, like an Ottawa, maybe even Detroit, you know, like, you know, underratedly, like, you know, they're building something there. I mean, if Detroit misses the playoffs, I think it's going to bring a lot of questions into Steve Eiserman's vision. Um, but I do think Toronto is the class of the division because Tampa has injuries and is, is slowing down and is taking a step back. Boston, big step back. Toronto, this is Toronto's division to lose. Handy. Yeah. I, I want your take on the defense. So the defense is very interesting. Um, Connor Timmons was looking very good. In yeah, I like the preseason and he got injured. So he's out yeah. for a few weeks, probably. It's unclear exactly what it is, how long it's going to be. He's, they say he's week to week. So for me, that's four to six weeks in my head. I don't hate the Klingberg signing as much as other people because I do think that he is 
a phenomenal power play quarterback. And we've seen him in the limited showings he's had in preseason that he can, he can just do stuff that Morgan Riley cannot. And Morgan Riley, like the Leafs get three, four, maybe five power plays a game. And and they play, he, Morgan Riley plays a minute and a half in each of the, or at least a minute in each of these. And it raises his ice time. I think that he's more capable at defending than people think. And if he focuses, I think he could really take that next step defensively. I know he's 29. You're like, oh, he's taking the next step. But for Morgan Riley to... Be, he, I think he could kind of, you know, flesh out more of his defensive game and become more of a raw kind of approaching that number one D status if he focused less on offense and more on defense. And um, he's not going to be on a pair with Klingberg because that's not a good match. But I think like Klingberg and Brody together could look good possibly. And maybe you put like McCabe with Riley or Lilligren with Riley. Lilligren also looks to have really just taken the next step in, you know, preseason, especially, you know, he, it seems like he may be starting to realize those visions pre 2017 draft where it was him and Nolan Patrick. And those were going to be the top two guys in the draft. Patrick obviously has had very unfortunate injuries with the concussions he had in junior and, and subsequently in professional hockey and Lilligren had mono in his first year in his draft year which made him drop down to 17 and the Leafs grabbed him. And it seems like, you know, the slow burn, the long wait is starting to pay off. He's slowly but surely built himself more and more to get to that. I think he's going to be a number, uh, like a top four defenseman this year. It's not as scary to me as it is to other people, but it definitely lacks that guy who like, oh, this guy in a playoff game, he's playing 30 minutes. You don't have that guy. And that's yeah. really the thing. Like you have a two, you have a three, you have a four, you don't have the one. So is that enough to propel you forward and take you deep into the playoffs? It remains yet to be seen. That being said, though, there are, is a lot of quality on this lineup. I don't think Mark Giordano is a top six guy. I don't think he should be a top six guy. I think he should play 50 games. But, you know, okay. if he has the brain. And, you know, the, to, he has the brain to, you know, play quality. He just can't be playing 20 minutes a night for 82 games. That just He's 40 years old. He, he just turned 40 a few days ago. It's not a recipe for success to overplay Mark Giordano, especially in games in November and December, which frankly just don't mean as much as games in April. Yeah. I, my last take on this is, yeah, Jake McCabe, not a top four guy. Robertson needs to take a big stride. Um, I think he's he's very capable of doing it. He's got the talent. It's just about finishing. And I'm very excited about Nyes. Uh That guy played really well in the playoffs uh, when he was given opportunity. And then um, Cowan, your draft pick, I think he's – He's going to go back to junior, uh, but he does look yeah, very, I, very good. Yeah, he's going to be a quick riser. Like I, that guy sh- – I mean, limited exposure against – you know, real deal players, but I think he can hang with professional in a professional setting. So he'll be there sooner than later. Um, so I think we're in lockstep in terms of where we think the Leafs finish. They're, they're deep. So, uh, so I haven't really like looked at any bets. I think, you know, like for division, for the president's trophy, all these things, you're not going to find a ton of value. One thing that I haven't looked up the odds. Um, I, I could look them very quickly here. I have, I have it pulled up. I know what? we the the favorite to win the Calder is Con. 
But do you think there's like, can you envision a scenario where Matthew Nyes just takes the NHL by storm and like is competitive for that award? Um, yes, uh, I think it's far. F- I mean, it's it's going to be pretty low odds, only due to um, or surprisingly low odds, I should say, because of the other guys that are playing, like Cooley, like Fantilli, like. Leo Carlson, uh, Luke Hughes as well. Um, I actually was going to bet Luke Hughes, but Nyes is certainly a dark horse and not out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't yeah. see the odds on DraftKings. Um, so that... That's weird. It's weird. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I do think, you know, like, I'm, and we're going to talk about this more on Monday, about, like, you know, dark horses and things like that, but... I don't think, as much as I think Bedard is going to be unbelievable, I do think that there are some other guys who are going to not make this a cakewalk for him, like Logan Cooley um, and Brian Clark. Um, So um, I guess with that, who do you have up next? Yeah, the Lightning, um, pretty long. I mean, it's been talked about a lot, but they've been just – making deep runs after deep runs in the postseason. So I think last season really took a toll on them and they just weren't the team that uh, they had been in the past once it came to playoffs, but they were still very good in the, in the uh, regular season, of course. Um, I had them originally finishing second in this division, but Vasilevsky's hurt uh, for a couple months at least. Um, so I think that'll be a huge, obviously it's a huge loss. He's like a top three goalie. Um, do you still like him in fantasy, like as a stash, like get him a little bit later or like, you're like, he's injured and you know, he's going to have to work his way back. Like I I've like, you know, I, I have been like helping some friends out with drafts. I have my own drafts that are coming up and like, I'm like, he's Andre Vasilevsky. He's going to be good, but maybe I'm totally off base. Yeah. I just don't know the severity, the, like the details of the injury, um, to, but yeah, just on based off pedigree, I think it's worth a stash. Um, the guy's too good. He's got a good squad in front of him. And, uh, yeah, like I said, the stats speak for themselves. Uh, I just hope it's not, like, going to be one of these things where they rush him back and it's lingering and then it takes a toll on his performances. But I don't think you – I don't think you, I don't think in fantasy you think about that too much. You just have to go off of what he's done and what he can do. And, he's you know, he's obviously not old. Um, so – so it's the um, back. It's the back. Interesting. It's okay. That could be. Um, yeah. So we'll wait and see. I mean, we'll see. But I, I think it's. I can't pinpoint like when you would draft him though. That makes it a tricky proposition because um, you, you don't want to miss out on a a guy that's for sure playing. Well, I mean, I think like you know, I, I could like you could like make up like some sort of system for injuries, which is like where would you draft him if he was healthy? And then for every, let's say two weeks, he's out, you minus a round. So he says he's eight to 10 weeks and that was two weeks ago. So let's say it's six to eight weeks. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, drop him down to like the fifth or sixth round. Like if he's still there. I, I might go lower, um, but go lower than that. Wow. Yeah. Risky. It's risky either way, just because of yeah. Like he's he's a gonna be a Hall of Famer, and then you might miss out on some really good value and and a guy who's actually playing. Um, 
but anyway, I, I have them probably a wild card team just depending on, well, based off of, you know, the big vacancy now in goal, um, entire new fourth line, um, which puts a lot of pressure on the third line with Janot and, um, uh, shoot, blanking on the other, the left wing. Um, Hagel. No, Hagel should be top six. Um, oh, Janot? No, I said Janot, but, uh, the third line where, um, Isomot, Mott, uh, I, I, Isomot, right. Um, a rat. Yeah. He, I guess, uh, you know, the coaching staff really likes him and they brought in Sherry, Connor Sherry as well from, uh, Washington. Washington. So it would be interesting to see if he can produce at a top, on a top six role. It's where he's placed right now. And then I guess the last interesting aspect for Tampa's Stamkos and his uh, contract situation. Um, be interesting to, you know, where they are in the standings. If they, I doubt they do this because they, you know, he's going to be a, I mean, I assume they want him to be a lightning lifer, but could be an interesting trade candidate. Yeah. I mean, something about this season just feels off for the lightning. I would say. Um, like they have their guys still, they have Putra, then Point, and Hedman and Sergachev. But I look at this defense and I'm like, it's a joke. I just do. Like they have Nick Perbix playing top four minutes. I'm sorry, that that's that's just not good enough. And their bottom pair is, I guess, saying it nicely, it may be its replacement level. Um, and, and like frankly, I, I know, like, you know, St. Louis really, you know, changed our perspective about playoffs. But, like, I don't think this team's going to be in a playoff spot by Thanksgiving. And I'm not even sure they're going to be close to one, if, especially if Jonas, Jonas Johansson is starting games for them. And, like, the line share. Like, I mean, Hugo Anfeld, um, for sure, mispronouncing the name, Anfeld. Um, Alnafeld, I, I don't know. He, he's yeah. a young guy who they're going to have backing up so maybe he you know saves their bacon um his stats were not great in syracuse like they're they're fine for the ahl but that does not bode well for what's going to come like i think that that the um the the gap that's going to be made by like let's call it the beginning of December when Vasilevsky makes his return, it may be too insurmountable, especially because this defense is not spectacular and the forward group is getting, is losing depth year after year. Like they lost Ross Colton. He was a really, really impactful guy for them last year. And they lost Maroon and they lost Perry. And these were guys who chipped in and did their part. And like, they don't have, they're losing their identity more and more every single year. I don't think they're yeah. going to make playoffs. I, I don't yeah. like they like I Janot is he's good. He was not good for them last year, but he's he'll rebound. He'll be better. The way Hagel wasn't good two years ago when they traded for him, and he rebounded this past year, and he was really good. But the the this roster, it's it's just missing a bunch, and um, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they're. Uh... There, I the more we talk about it, I I do lean toward a green. They're not good two way. They're not a good two way team. Um, 
Well, they have some yeah, Sorelli and like, but, and um, and like you know Chernak and Sergachev, like they're strong defensive players, but they just don't have enough depth to compete. Especially as we said, the Atlantic is loaded. Right, and loaded with good elite transition uh, players. Speed, so speed, young. Yeah, so I I think. Vasilevsky not being there is, yeah, it could, they could dig themselves a pretty big hole. Um, so I, I'm still, I still don't have a determination on a couple of these teams. Um, one actually we'll talk about next and the Bruins, um, if you're ready to move on. Yeah. I'm, yeah, like the, the Bruins, it's kind of the same thing with me. It's like you, you took two massive holes and you didn't really fill them. Yeah. I mean, you're hoping Pavel Zaka's going to take that next step and Charlie Co- and Charlie Coyle, I guess. But like those are your top two centers. I, right. I don't think that's a recipe for success. Um, and like Olmark's not going to be as good as he was. Be better than he was last year, frankly. But yeah, like I, I think that the Bruins have more depth than Tampa, especially love the James Van Reems, like in Luchich editions. Morgan Geeky is definitely going to be a player for them. But I look at this and I'm like, I'm squinting my eyes and I'm like, I kind of like Ottawa better than them. I kind of like Buffalo better than them. Yeah. Probably Detroit is similar. I mean, like, you know, Pasternak's better than anyone on Detroit. but And Marchand's uh, probably too. But, like, Detroit has some really good players too. Like, where are we? And, like, we talked about the Metro on a couple days ago and I'm like, and I, and like, I'm not kind of bullish on some of those teams too. So I think Boston might sneak into a wild card spot, but like they may not make it either. Yeah. I'm similar opinion, possible wild card spot losing, like you said, Krejci Bergeron and then Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, uh, Garnet Hathaway, Orlov, Bertuzzi, Clifton. I mean, some of those guys were at like, uh, free agent ads during the season last year, but still, I think could have added some real value this year. And they, um, and they don't have but, cap space to work with because they used a lot. They they put they backloaded Bergeron and Krejci's contract with bonuses, which put them in overage for this year. So they lost cap space for this year. Like mm. their projected cap space for at the deadline is two million dollars. Mm. That's like that you could plug one, maybe two holes there, and it's just not I like. Look, maybe they have some guys who like they're gonna they're gonna take a step and they're gonna be better. Like Danton Heinen came back after you know bouncing around the NHL, so maybe he helps out. But like that's not enough. Um, you know, John Beecher, maybe he's gonna make the team at a camp. I think Lysel got sent down. Um, it's not like there's like tons of youth on this team either that could really step up and take that role. I I think like it could be that. Both those teams don't make it. Maybe one of them makes it in a wild card spot, which that'll be hell for whoever wins the two divisions or whoever gets, you know, the unfortunate uh, reality of having to face them in the first round. But I'm like Boston, I'm looking for them to take a big step back. Yeah, they they will not score as much as they did last year, and they probably won't defend as well either. I mean, I love Lindholm and McAvoy, but um, not they're def- I mean, people weren't scared of this this uh, roster last year, and they had you know, uh, more depth than they do this year, so I'm, it's interesting. I'm not, I don't want to write them off because it's kind of right. PTSD from writing. Thing. 
Like, I will say their defense, like I look at it and like it's really, really strong. You McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Grizzlick, and you Shattenkirk and Mitchell on your bottom pair. I mean, those are both right guys, so I don't know exactly how it plays out. But like one through six, they're pretty strong and they have four board in Zboro, like on to be scratched. And maybe, you know, Mitchell gets sent. I mean, they're they're none of them are waiver eligible, so or um, eligible to be sent down without waivers. So it could be they lose one. Maybe they'll just send four board down because no one's really gonna claim him. But I will say that their defense definitely could possibly keep them in a lot of games and their goaltending is good. So I have more faith in Boston than I do in Tampa. And I think it's like even. They, they can keep it close. I think it's pretty even because I, I, I actually hold I think Perbix is pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 we watched him for six games last year here. That guy was a turnstile. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, he's still he's still pretty young. I, I'm not. I, I think he'll. You know, he's 25. I think he needs to have limited exposure. So I think, you know, getting full, a full, uh, full time role uh, will help, and I, I think he'll progress. But like back to Boston, like I'm, Grizzlick, I think is is better than he was last year. I, I don't know what happened. Um, I mean, maybe just a more crowded group, but. Uh, he's pretty solid. Uh, I thought Mike Riley would do better. Um, ben Clifton is whatever. Um, Riley's—he's like right. He's like left-handed Justin Schultz. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. That's a decent, which is, which is fine. Like you could, he, he'd like quarterback a power play on one of the worser teams in the league, but like, or like, but like if you if you're trying to like like you have to know what he can do and what he can't do and like. If if you try to give him too much, he's just going to fall to pieces. Um, yeah. So that it just didn't work because in Boston they were hoping he could elevate and he didn't. Speaking of Mike Riley, um, the Panthers uh, picked him up along with Evan Rodriguez, Stephen Lorenz, uh, Oliver Ekman, Larson, uh, Kulikov. They lose uh, Montour and Ekblad uh, to injury. Uh, Ekblad just recovering from his surgery and then Montour got hurt uh, this past off season um, or this, I guess, past training camp and he'll be out. Sounds like it's the same amount of time as Ekblad. So around December time. Um, and obviously those are huge holes. Um, I, it's November pretty... to January. That's the timeline that Zito gave at, you know, opening media day for both yeah. of them. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, so it's kind of just gambling, like for fantasy. Like my, like my friend took Montour. Like I was like, you got to take him just because he was so unbelievable last year. Um, yeah, I guess, but you take him is the big thing. Um, I, I don't know when or where I would take him, depending on where I where my where I was picking in the draft. But um, guys that I am looking to hopefully pick are. Uh, Etu Lusterainen and uh, Anton Lindell. I think they're going to have really good years. Um, they showed a lot late in the season and in the playoffs, and I think that they continue that upper projection. I am a little worried about this team, though, as far as playoffs. I think this team is going to live and die by Spencer Knight. If Spencer Knight comes back and he's as promising as he was prior to last season, 
they're going to make the playoffs again. And if he's just lost some touch and he just can't figure it, get it, get it back, they're not going to make it. Wait, who? Spencer Knight. Oh. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what Bob can offer. Um, I mean, but, but we, we say this every year with Bob. He's hot and cold. One year he's unplayable. The next year he's a Vezina candidate. And he's 35. Is he really? He's 35. I think I really, like, they need to try and get rid of He has a no move. Um, with the 16, 16 team no trade. I, if I were them, I would retain up to 50% to get rid of it. Just because, like, it's not practical to have a starting goalie of $10 million and Knight with th- signed for the same amount of time at 3.35. And, yeah, the cap's going up. But, like, you want Knight to be your guy. You drafted him in the first round. I think you got you to gotta bring – you got to try and move Bob. That's really how I feel. I don't hate that. Yeah, I did not realize Bob was 35, but I forgot how long he was in Columbus. Um, Nine years. I, yeah, I'm worried about this defense for sure. And then, Definitely to start the season. I mean, some of them are, like, not terrible defensively. Like, I don't think Kulikov, Kulikov's not terrible, and Mikula's not terrible. Like, they can defend. I think it's kind of you have some offensive guys and you have some defensive guys, and, like, you're just hoping that, like, you're just making matches, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And like, it's just like, okay, this one, there, you know, this match and this match and this bread fits and that bread fits. It's going to be a little bit of a hot mess to start uh, for um, Paul Maurice, but he's a coach. I think he has a good eye. I'm sure he'll figure it out. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they, they do have like some guys who I think maybe like they could, you know, elevate, like, you know, they found, they found some gold with like, you know, Gustav Forsling, who was like this, you know, AHL, NHL, like high hybrid player who like no one knew if he was ever going to make it or Mahura and they made it work. So like, maybe, maybe it'll work again. I mean, I think Ekman Larson in a sheltered role won't be too bad. I definitely would pick him up at the beginning of the season for power play usage in fantasy and try to flip him before Montour and Ekblad to get back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I like that. But I would you say think... I think the Evan Rodriguez signing was smart. I think I, I don't think Verhage is going to have a, as good of a year as last year. Really? No. What? You think Verhage is no. going to be as forty goals again? I mean, he's he's got a great shot in. He's got great playmakers around him, so I don't. Maybe not forty. I, I think I don't think it's going to be a huge drop off though. I mean, he jumped from twenty four to forty two. That's a lot. Yeah, he worked a lot on that shot. <laughs> um, I guess so, but like, and they shoot a lot. Like they just right. I guess so. I, so. I do think also if this team is going to compete for the playoffs. Anton Lindell needs to elevate himself to, you know, it's a contract year for him. He needs to be, he needs to rise and be a top six player. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a tall task. I, I think he's shown. He's very good. He's very good. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so he can do it. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, I mean, do you have a, 
determination on them or are you still kind of undecided? I think they're going to make it. I, I don't know why, you know, they just went to the final last year, but like, yeah. you know, Matthew Kachuk is so annoying as an opposing player, but he's, if you don't have a rooting interest and you just, you know, flip on Florida versus Carolina or whatever it is, and you watch him play, you're like, I wish that guy was on my team because he's so damn good. And Barkov yeah. is so damn good. Also a guy I love for the Selkie this year. Like we've been talking, you know, I've been, I brought up a few other guys like he's, yeah. you know, chronically every single year player poll comes out. Who's the most underrated player in the NHL? Sasha Barkov. Yeah. Well, I, I think because he like, gets injured. <laughs> Yeah, I, think, I mean, I, th- I think it. I think it's a little overstated that he gets injured. Like he he's played, you know, sixty seven and sixty eight games the past couple of years, which not amazing, but you know, and you know, last time he played eighty two was prior to the pandemic, but you know, he puts up crazy numbers in limited games, like eighty eight and seventy eight points in sixty seven and sixty eight games. That's really good. That's really damn good, and. If this guy stays healthy, he, he could be like a sleeper for the heart. Like, I remember when they took him in the 2013 draft, and it was a surprise because the consensus top three was Seth Jones, uh, McKinnon, and Drouin. And Barkov went fourth, went, went second. And everyone was like, wow, that's a reach. Or like, that's a, that's, it was like a surprising pick. And they're totally vindicated. As good as Seth Jones was at certain points. And, you know, Drew Ann has had his issues in Montreal and before that in Tampa. And we think he's going to be good this year in Colorado, but we'll see. They were bang on. They nailed him. Yeah. He's their captain. He's elite. I like, agree. Don't look, as much as, you know, it's it's like, you know, the, the, the typical thing you would say is, you know, they're not as good as they were last year. And they, you know, caught lightning in a bottle in the playoffs last year. And, yeah, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Maybe they'll be on the fringe. Don't sleep on Florida. They were real last year for a reason. But I think if you could rely on him to be there for at least 75 games, this would be an easier call. Yes, I that's think. true. So that's my biggest question mark is like, can we get 75 out of him? It's been a while since that happened. So, And like you said, I mean, or not like you said, but he just turned 28, which just blew my mind. Um, so... Hopefully, maybe his body just <laughs> – now we're going to biology, but hopefully he can just – He's got uh, a few turn... good years left. I mean, he played 50 out of 56 in the shortened season after the <clears throat> pandemic began. Like, you know, I think I think he – I think he's capable of doing it. I think, you know, um, it's a question mark, but, you know, I have this feeling. I guess I should say, like, I think Florida is going to make it. They may be in a wild card spot because, you know, I do think Buffalo and are both real candidates to just shoot up the standings with, with the moves that they made with the development that they've had in the systems. But I like Florida. I still like Florida, despite the entries, despite the goaltending questions, despite the defense questions. So in just Ottawa, figure it out. Yeah. I, I may, I'm probably going to end up, Siding with you on that, just put them in, chalk them up for wild card because Ottawa Which also I, sucks because <laughs> you don't want to face them in the first round. They're like they're well, you guys you don't, don't. <laughs> definitely not. I'm, I'm hoping who we get whoever you know comes out of the wild card in the metro because there will yeah. be a war, but a battle of a battle of Ontario in the first round. That's like what the NHL has been 
dying for since they came up with this stupid divisional alignment playoff system. Yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of that, Ottawa, obviously we both expect to be in the playoffs, but uh, they add Tarasenko, Corpusalo and goal and uh, Dominique Kubalik. Or Kubalik. Um, they will hopefully have Josh Norris to start the season. Uh, Sounds still... like they will. It's it, like it, the, the, from, from, from the reporting that's come out is that they just don't want to overtax him in preseason and lose him before the regular season starts, which doesn't really bear well. Cause you're like, Oh, this guy's a bandaid and like, we're going to lose him anyway. So like, you know, fantasy players be warned, I guess, like this guy might play 41 games. He might play 60 games. He, he may play a full season, but it doesn't appear like that's likely. But he's really you, good when he does play. Yeah, I no, I love him I, in the limited time I've seen him. But do you think this now forces them to sign Pinto? I mean, they need to sign him in any event because that guy was really good. He was also a great player for them last year before he got hurt. Yeah. Um, Ottawa's a really interesting case study of, you know, like they're putting all these guys on waivers in that, you know, over the past few days, Lassie Thompson, who got claimed by Anaheim, and uh, Dimitri Sokolov, uh, he was a, a later pick, but he emerged. They thought he was going to be, you know, a third-line grinder type. And um, Jacob Bernard Docker, who, like, I have this buddy who's a Sens fan, moved from Ottawa when he was, like, you know, in, in uh, grade school, in elementary school. So he's the Ottawa fan in Toronto. And he raved about you know, Tyler Clevin and Jacob Bernard Docker and all of these guys. And he's like, Sands, they're going to, they're going to be great. And they waved this, this guy who like, I thought he was going to be a top four defenseman. So, and he didn't get claimed, which I thought that was shocking. Like there's, he's for sure could play top six minutes for some other teams. So I don't yeah, know, maybe, not- you know, uh, Pierre has dirt on, you know, Bill Armstrong or whoever. Um, but I will say that, like as much as there is a youth movement in Ottawa and some of these guys have just emerged to become unbelievable players, Stutzla, Kachuk, Batherson, and the like and Jake Sanderson, obviously. Where is the next wave? Are they coming? Are they coming in waves? Are they going to have that Tampa Lake depth where every year three new guys are coming up and they're just unbelievable and you're like where do they get these guys and they're so annoying or yeah. is it going to be more on the lines of oh the guy, these guys were hyped they had a good coach in the a and you know they you know they were like and you know ultimately they come to the nhl and tyler boucher is just you know maybe a fourth line guy and ridley greg okay he's an okay third line center but like he's not of the highest tier third line centers these guys need I- to go and um they, they like they need to continue to cultivate the talent and continue the pipeline and continue moving. Otherwise, they're going to fall at risk. I don't think they're going to I don't think I think they will figure it out because it seems like Michael Ann Lauer came in as the owner and things are really going to uh, and the wheels are turning. They're spending to the cap. That's why they don't have money to sign Pinto. But ultimately, it really they need to take the next step. Otherwise, they fall at risk of, you know, kind of like the Leafs did a few years ago when they had all these guys come with seven rookies and they're in the Matthews rookie year and they made the playoffs. And then what? And then, you know, okay, you had another wave of like the Kapanins and the Janssens, but ultimately no one really emerged as, oh, these are the guys on rookie deals. 
And now finally, like maybe, you know, we're, we're getting that with Fraser Minton and Matthew Nyes and Eastern Cowan, but it all is, is dependent on, are they actually perform? Are they going to succeed? And Ottawa's kind of at that road without even making the playoffs yet because they've paid everyone less than Toronto did, mind you, but they need to take that next step. They need those guys to elevate. Otherwise they fall at risk of falling short again. And Chickren right. only has two years left. And, you know, Tarasenko's on a one-year. Claude Giroux, you know, has a couple years left. They got to figure it out. And soon. Okay. But this season. <laughs> this season. Yeah, this season. It's a big It's a big year. It's a big year in Ottawa. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, for this season, I think they're set up well. I think Greg is in a uh, perfect position to elevate his game, you know, in a, in a third but line. But of signs, where does he play? He'll play the wing. He's not a winger. He's a center. But he could play the wing. I mean, I guess. Yeah, like you said, if you're a center <laughs> and you know how to play center, you can always shift back and forth and, you know, part-time, you know, maybe you play the offhand, you know, the face. You, like, you kind of split the center role with, uh, you know, depending on your handedness. But, yeah, I, I, do, th- I do like them. I do think they're going to make the move. How much do you believe in Corpus Allo and Forsberg? I actually do. I don't, I'm not as worried as I've heard um, or as I think I've heard more people be more worried about it. I'm not that worried about it. In this division, it's going to be tough, but I mean, I I don't think it'll be, I don't think it'll sink them. Right. I mean, so do you, do you have them finishing second, third, not making it? It sounds like you have them making it. No, yeah, I definitely have them making it. I, I'm still undecided about the order, but I would think they could. If all things shake out the way we just broke it down, I think they could um, jump into like the third spot in that division. Um, okay. I think they've got easily one of the deeper defensive groups. Obviously, um, it's a matter of and that that power play would be better. They won't start off as cold as they did last year. That'll um, yeah, for sure. I, they're definitely it's there. there is light at the end of the tunnel of this rebuild I think that also just one last uh, footnote we're five years past the Eric Carlson trade I believe and how unbelievable does that trade look for them like, who do they get they back got, they got Norris they got the first round pick that became um Sanderson, I believe they got back like other prospects who like, you know, they were depth contributors and they were used to acquire other things. Like they, they really nailed it and they were in a tough position and they just nailed it. Yeah. That's, they made the right move for sure. I just didn't know who all became what, um, I believe, I believe Castle was one of those as well, but I could be wrong. Um, he's a depth guy, but, could be come more who knows um so yeah we both have them making it they got oh it was Stutzlow that was the Stutzlow not Sanderson but it was the pick that was Stutzlow along with Norris uh Dylan DeMello uh Balkers I think those those are both guys Chris Tierney uh Francis Perron like ultimately getting Norris and and Stutzlow out of that it's just that's just Fantastic business. 
Oh yeah, Stutzla. He's gonna have a great year. Um, How do you like him but, for fantasy? I've seen him go as high as the first round this year. I think that's a little high. Yeah. Obviously, it depends uh, on the categories, points, what is what, what, and and which ones of that. But I still think like he's not a top ten player. He's no. Yeah, I think let me. Uh... I think Brady Brady Kachuk is a first round pick if you have like hits because he's one of those guys who's just a cheat code. Him and Matthew and Marshan, like those guys who like they hit every single category. Those are like the studs, and like they're just like you can't find value like those guys bring because they just do everything. Yeah, I actually Stutzla, ranked... he does other stuff. I ranked Stutzla and Kachuk like back to back, but in the second round, it, depending on how many right. people in your league. But um, yeah, it's just really crowded up top with the top tier guys. But mm-hmm. uh, Senators should have a great year. Uh, depending or just a matter of wild card or third spot for me. Um, the Sabres are in a similar boat as far as making that leap into the playoffs. They were closer than the Senators last year and they were on a better trajectory. I trajectory, I thought. And then, um, you know, Tage got the, the wheels, the wheels fell off. Yeah. Um, they didn't add a whole lot and I didn't think they needed to. They added, uh, Clifton and Eric Johnson to their defensive group. Um, I think the key for me with Buffalo is Yoki Haru and their goaltending, obviously. But Yoki Haru for me is going to be a good measuring stick of you know their success. Um, yeah, I, I hear that for sure. Um, one of my questions about Ottawa is what's going to happen Wait, with Buff- all of or with Buffalo, I'm sorry. Victor Olofsson. What's his deal? Like, he, he had a pretty good year last year. Like, 28 goals. Um, doesn't really seem to pass. Seems like the type of guy that he's going to have a massive year. Someone's going to pay him a lot of money. And he's going to bust. Is that, is that, am I, am I reading that right? Like, um, I think he's, he's capable, but it seems that he's, a very he's limited in what he can do like he's like one of those guys like park him somewhere on the power play and he's just gonna fire away but doesn't seem to have such of a two-way game doesn't seem to be such a great playmaker um what do you make of him like because he's, yeah, he's my, his deal yeah my my issue with him is kind of what you said but also he's battled injuries he's a he's a one-trick pony it seems like so I don't know what his worth is because yes, he can score twenty five um, without looking, um, but what else are you getting out of him? He's a good third liner, but it'd be better if he it'd be much better if he could just defend a little bit, um, and and stay healthy. That's his, that's a big thing. I don't know, I don't see a a big year for him coming. I think it's gonna be more of the same, um, or they'll someone trade- will pay for that. You need goals to so pay for it. Sure. I'm just wondering what they could get back for him. Well, I would think like maybe like a second and a third, <laughs> second and a fourth. Maybe, you know, a B prospect instead of the third or fourth. Like, And then who takes the spot? 
Well, they have so many guys. They have Krebs. They have, you know, I like ben. Jordan. Gre- I like that Jordan Greenway trade that they made last year. That guy's still a guy. Like he's still. Yeah, but he, but he's on he, the left wing. He's on the left wing, right? But like you have Tuck, and you know you have Skinner. Skinner's also on the left wing. I, I think ultimately, like you have also like Jack Quinn, who's first round pick a few years ago, scored fifty goals in the OHL before COVID. Um, yeah, and there's other possible. He's out for the year. Whoa, I missed that. Yeah. Oh wow, I guess I did miss that. Um, I mean, the, there are other guys they drafted Zach Benson, also a left winger. Like, I I think the moving guys left to right wing is not as big of a deal. Like, you know, they have they have so much in the pipeline that I think that they could ultimately find a net positive by moving him because someone else will take the spot and he'll be more defensively responsible. He'll pass a little bit more. They have guys to score goals. They don't need, he's kind of like an, um, uh, a luxury they don't need and possibly can't afford because yeah. defense is one of these, this team's problems, not necessarily yeah. scoring goals. They have Tate, they have, uh, they have Skinner, they have cousins. Like is, is Victor Olsen really moving the needle for you? No. And I think you mentioned Benson. I think that is the replacement. He's the guy. I think he's the guy. I think. But is he ready? He just got drafted. Right. Yeah. So that's the big question. I I just want them to be nine deep without even asking a question. And I know it's not really, that's not truly realistic because Krebs is pretty. I think it is. To be nine deep for this team is very plausible. Like this team kind of reminds me back. In, I remember that back in 2007, and I know like I'm not that old, like I'm in my mid twenties, but I remember like when I first started following hockey and the Sabres were just this unbelievable dynamite team. I remember like looking back at the stat sheets at the end of the season from the 2006, 2007 season. And they had eight players who scored 80 points or 70 points. It was stupid. It was just frankly stupid. With Vanek and Pominville and like these guys, all of these guys just have career years. Derek Roy and Tim Connolly and Alice Kotaliak and Maxima Finneganov. And they have all these young guys who are around and they're going to be around for a bit. And like Casey Middlestat took a step last year. I think he could take another one as, you know, a former first round pick who just needed time. Like, I, I think that they have the pieces, the tools, the guys who are ready to take that next step and earn a job that. You can move him, and it's not a problem. No, yeah, I totally agree. And actually, I was wrong about Jack Quinn. He's he'll be out the first few months, it looks like, but it's an Achilles. It's an Achilles injury, so you definitely want to rush that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, it sounds like Benson is and Savoy or uh, Savoy are banging on the door to possibly break that uh, opening night roster, which. Unlikely, but possible, it sounds like. Um, yeah, I have them in the playoffs. Again, I don't know where. I think maybe a... <sighs> I mean, I will say the one concern, like if we're, if we're, if we're nitpicking through the roster, yeah. don't love their depth at defenseman. Like I think their top six is solid with Dahlin, Samuelson, Clifton, Johnson, Yoki Haru, and Owen Power. That's a very good top six. Beyond that, nothing really speaks to me so much. Like Jacob Bryson and Riley Stillman are projected 
on cap friendly to be on the opening night roster in their top eight. That's not so inspiring. And in the minors, I don't see anything really that's so uh, sexy. Kale Clegg, Jeremy Davies, those both maybe could help out in a pinch. Ryan Johnson is a younger guy who they drafted late in the first round in 20. He could be a bottom pair, maybe a fourth D later on in his career. But overall, I don't think that they have like if if let's say Dalene and you know hopefully we don't you know, like we don't want guys to get injured especially the stars uh because they're who we love to watch the most but if one of their big guys goes down that could be a very big hole to fill and very difficult hole to fill yeah but how many teams have you know Eight I mean, solid. It's it, it, for sure. It's it, it, and and it's more the sense of the massive drop off. Some teams, it's more gradual. Like one to four, you have a certain tier, and then five to eight, you have a different tier, and then you know nine, ten, eleven. Like these guys who they could help out in a pinch. I don't see really the guys who like. Okay, who's coming up if there's a problem? And I don't see anything like in the minors. They have six defensive. Like they have. 14 defensemen total on the entire in the entire system at defense. That's really low. Okay, but we're talking about like we're are we talking about like long term injury we're worrying about here? Or just... Yeah, like I'm, I'm I'm like I mean you I think they have the guys who could they, oh this guy's out for a week you know he's like nursing you know a quad strain or something but if you know let's say a guy goes he's out for a month or maybe hopefully not but maybe even longer. They don't have the guys really to help out when needed, or if needed, I should say. But you know, you can't really plan for injuries. I mean, you—they're you, just contingency plans. And I'm saying they don't have a contingency plan on defense, as as opposed to offense, where they have an embarrassment of riches. Yeah, I'm just—I'm just. My point is, like, I would only like I talk about injuries with guys that have been injured. We haven't really—they don't have. Like, Darlene has only missed a few games. Yeah, the, the, it's not a concern necessarily. It's just if the, if that happens, that could pose a problem. Also, the goaltending was good last year. Are we really believing Devin Levi is going to lead this team to the playoffs after playing three games last year or something like that? Like, that's the other thing. But, well, everyone have... seems to think he could do it for some reason. So, you know what? Um he, he's looked unbelievable uh, in yeah, college uh, last year. Uh, 933 save percentage the year before. 952 save percentage was amazing for Cam. Um, you know, he, he played well for them, I guess I should say, like, you know, in his one game. But, like, he was good in the World Juniors when he was still eligible for that. I, like, I think that it'll be fine. Also, it's just a question. Yeah, I mean, I like Lucanin. Um, I, I think that he, he's been a name for a long time, and he hasn't really earned much. If I look at, like, if you look through his stats, like, wasn't really good last year with an 892 and 361 goals against average. And he wasn't really that much better in the minors either. But they were terrible... I think they just. I think they just elevate their defensive responsibility. Um, they were horrible 
on that end. So um, I think they added guys that can help with, you know, shot blockers and guys that are more defensively, defensively inclined. So I think they'll be better in that category, which will help. Um, we can switch gears to Detroit, um, a team that's projected. They're getting a lot of hype um, projected and talked about to make the playoffs after falling way short last year after getting hyped up again. So they added quite a few dudes, um, Daniel Sprong. They added JT Comfer, Alex Debrinkit, Jeff Petrie, Shane Gostisbehere, Clint Costin, Justin Hall, Christian Fisher, James Reimer. Quite the list of additions. Um, they look – I mean, I'm not going to go off of just preseason, but they look bleh, like whatever in preseason. I love – Danielson the, looks like he might make it out of camp also. Their first round pick from this year. Which which spot would he take? I mean, he's a center. He probably, like, he's playing in the top nine or he's not making it. But, like, center is kind of where they have holes. Cop and Comfer are both, like, fine. Larkin's the one, obviously. I think he's really, like, competing with Valino, who I've always liked, but, like, he hasn't really taken that step. No. Might, might be time for a change of scenery for him. Rasmussen is the fourth line center. And yeah, well, he's fine, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm just, maybe they're just keeping him up for camp to, like, you know, give him the sniff, and then you know he's going to go back. I don't. Um, Detroit added a lot of guys, and you know, defense is like when we're talking about teams that have depth at D. They have depth. They have their eighth strong. McIsaac is their eighth guy, and he's young, and like he'll probably go down. I mean, he's not waiver eligible, but. Um, they have a lot of guys. Um, I my my main concern with Detroit is I just first of all Lucas Raymond needs to be way better than he was last year. He was not good. He he he's had a big sophomore slump, and he's got to return back to rookie of the year contender Lucas Raymond if this team wants to step the playoffs. Beyond that, you have Debrinkit and you have Larkin, who are then that and like that could be a great first line. But after that, it's kind of met. Like, is Robbie Fabry playing top six on the top six wing in the on no. the second line? That's not inspiring. No. Uh, and not. David Perron is 35. And while we all love David Perron, and you know, he's just like that guy who good pro does it the right way and you know, always a solid contributor, you're gonna keep relying on that. Ultimately. You know, like the goaltending on this team is not great. The defense will make up for it, but the forwards don't really inspire me to say, like, yeah, I think Detroit's going to take that step. I think I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They may can they may be pushing, you know, late into March and early into April, and ultimately fall short. But like, if they don't make the playoffs, is Steve Eiserman possibly losing his job, or like that's sacrilege? You don't fire Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman quits. Um, I am, pr- I'm pretty much in agreement. I just don't agree with the defensive take. I, I don't, they're bottom four defensive men. Uh, they're not, well, uh, they, they, they're not unbelievable. They have Sider and Wallman as their top pair. And 
then they have a bunch of guys. Like, but they're all guys. Like Sherratt is an NHL defenseman. Hall's an NHL defenseman. Godespierre and Mata and P- and Petrie. Like these are guys who are definitely playable. That being said, like beyond that top pair, like they have a top pair, and then they have a bunch of third third pair guys. Yeah. Who, you know, like if they make the playoffs, they'll be annoying and they'll probably injure a couple of your the players that they play against. But like th- I think like is that defense good enough to get them to the playoffs? I don't know. Probably I think it probably is good enough. It's just the forwards are not giving me confidence in saying that they're going to do it. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think they have the right guys to get to the playoffs. Um I don't know why they added I like Sprong a lot. I think he's no, no. You don't know why they added who? Comfort? No, Christian Fisher. I like Comfort. Um, Cop not at that number. Not probably not at that number, but he's he's a solid two or three line center. Cop is. I just uh, thought he was superfluous with Cop. Like I would assign Tarasenko if I were that. I think he went for basically the same amount of money. That that would inspire more confidence in me if if I was choosing between the two of them, just because he'll add thirty to forty goals for you, as opposed to Comfort, who will add seventeen and a bunch of assists and play some solid two way game. Yeah, I I think that's a valid argument. I I just think uh, they're they wasted their time with getting Fisher and I don't know what Fabry's going to do. And to your point, Perron is old as hell. Uh, so relying on him to put in 25 to 30 again is, I mean, it's doable, but we'll see. I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I uh, know yeah. it had to end, but like this team is kind of missing a Jacob Verana. Like yes. that, that would also help, help yeah. inspire some confidence. But he needed to yep. leave. Like that was it. Just had to end. Yeah, I don't get that one. I I thought he was. I thought he was like you said. I thought he would provide the perfect um, ingredient to what they have. Um, yeah, I think this team ultimately falls short. Um, they're. Do you think Eisenman's like, in trouble if they do fall short? Um, I don't know about that high. I think there's just. They're going to be a few hot seats, I would say. I don't know if he would lose his job because of that. Um, but maybe. I mean, like, we, we just listed off a bunch of dudes that he added, and if they don't do anything, then... He that's... gave big money <laughs> to a lot of people, and it's a third... This is his fifth year there, I think? Sounds about right. Um, maybe four. Like, like obviously... As I said, like you don't fire Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman quits. I say that a little bit as a joke, um, but in that sense, um, may- maybe you know, like he caught lightning in a bottle in Tampa, and you know he just established it. He, you know, he he just like did it. He did it very well, and he just doesn't have it the same way in Detroit. Like, like he's not doing the same stuff he did in Tampa when he was building that dynasty i don't think yeah. he is like no it's like do you remember like in the mid 2010s that he went and brought in a ton of veterans and 
like in 2013 and 2014? Like, I don't think so. I remember him ostracizing Le Cavalier in St. Louis. Yeah. No, it's a interesting roster um, construction. So I think we're in lockstep again where this team gets close but falls short ultimately and then the fallouts, whatever. But in terms of fantasy, I think there's there's a lot of guys for fantasy who could help depending on the structure of the league. If hits are a thing, you know, Sherratt's probably going to be helpful for you and, you know, Sider's obviously great and Debrinkat's great and Raymond and Larkin, like those are, there's a lot of guys that are going to be helpful. But, you know, I don't see a first round pick or a second round pick or maybe even a third round pick on this roster in terms of, I guess, a 10 or 12 team league. Yeah, let me see. Um, uh, I think my top rated Red Wing, yeah, to bring it, but he's I put him like 50th. 52nd. I see. Um, so, all right. Uh, yeah, we can so, move on. To, yeah. The no, no, ultimate team. Any- in our rankings, or I guess, you know, in our preseason preview, uh, Montreal. Yes. Yeah. I think, I, I think, so I think for starters, I think we both agree they're probably falling last in the division and thus not making the playoffs, right? I would agree. But that being said, they have, I, I think Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are doing a lot of very smart things, which is cool and yet really frustrating for me, the least fan. Like, I love seeing Montreal being dysfunctional. And so it was really unfortunate when Mark Bergevin stepped down for me because he was very hit or miss. Um, but, like, I think the Caulfield and Suzuki signings are home runs, which are not – didn't happen just, like, immediate, like, they didn't just happen, but, like, to get those guys at those numbers for long term is really good. Um, Gallagher has and Josh Anderson and Christian Dvorak. Those are the vets, and they all are really losing steps quickly. But I would say the teams, they, like they, they've built a system up that. Those guys lose a step, they'll throw them on, you know, long-term injury reserve, and, you know, it won't be as much of a problem. And Dvorak is, you know, only one more year after this one as opposed to the other two of three more years after this one at much higher numbers. Um, but, like, you know, for bringing in Kirby Doc last year, I did not think that trade made sense for Chicago. And bringing in Newark this year, that one's going to look good too, I think. Um, you know, brought in Sean Monaghan or brought back Sean Monaghan, which I do like. I think he'll, he'll rediscover some of what he had. Um, I think like, you know, like, like, like we've discussed for a lot of the other teams that we don't think are going to make the playoffs. This is a yeah. devel- developmental year that you want to see real steps taken towards a contention window. Yeah, I think they're probably a, year or two away from being where like Ottawa and Buffalo were last year. Um, I do. I like the new hook change of scenery ad. Um, 
I love Harvey Pinard in that lineup as well. I think Monahan's a better second line center than Dvorak. Um, I don't know why Dvorak's there, but whatever. Um, well, Josh they Anderson. Panicked. They panicked and they needed to replace Kakanyemi. Yeah. I think it would help if, if Jake Evans made a, uh, took a leap. I uh, don't know what his ceiling I don't is. Think, I don't think he, like, that's not his style. He's he's kind of like the the old school penalty killing rugged third line center who puts up twenty five to thirty five points and he's a pain to play against. He doesn't have that next step. I think he was like a seventh round pick if I'm not mistaken. And every and everyone thought, yeah, he's a seventh round pick. Everyone thought like this guy, he's gonna make it, but like he's very capped at what he's going to do like there's things he could do and there's things he can't do you put him in a second line center role he's not going to thrive because he just doesn't have that offensive upside but he does he he's like one of those guys who like he's your fourth line center you're super happy if he's your third line center you're comfortable with it sure um as far as the rest of the roster i don't have a whole lot of opinions um I think Matheson's a fine, fine guy to hold down the four right now. Um, kind of a late bloomer as far as offense goes. Interesting, interesting uh, output last year. Um, goaltending, don't really have a strong opinion there because of what I said before. Like I think they're a year away from, or they their goal should be like to be a year away from being where Ottawa and Buffalo were last year. Um, right. So. I mean, they have a bunch of guys who young players on defense that are projected to be on the team. Jordan Harris, Justin Barron, Caden Gooley, and they are Jack guy was there last year. And those guys all have decent to high upside, plus David Reinbacker, uh, who they drafted yeah. this past year, fifth overall, and Logan yeah. Mayu, who they drafted a couple of years ago. At controversially at the end of the first round. Also, I think Matthias Norlander has been talked about like he might make the team. Um, so that's like a very young. It's apparently a very young. They're they're thinking to go like pretty young at defense, uh, in efforts to look for some guys who like they're ready to take that step and like be NHLers. That can be risky when developing young defensemen. Sometimes overcooking them is a smarter play. Um, and it really just depends on the guy. Are they able to rise to the challenge? Montreal is not an easy place to play, especially with the dual um, dual language media, and um, they're quite blunt in in Quebec uh, when talking, especially about the the Habs. So I think that you know they have some guys. They need to find a stud on D, trade or by trade or by free agency in the next year or two to really propel them to the next stage forward. Kind of like when New Jersey signed Dougie Hamilton a couple of years ago, like that's kind of what they're, what like we're looking at. Like that's going to be the big indicator of Montreal's taking the next step forward for me. And at goalie, like Allen's fought, he's a really good backup and a suboptimal starter. Montembeau's uh, not great. And, you know, they have Caden Primo. In the minors, I don't know much about Dobes, uh, who's their other goalie in the minors, but Primo has impressed in short stints in Montreal, uh, playing uh, in the NHL. 
Um, I mean, the stats don't um, portray him in such a good light, but watching him in live person, especially like when you go and look at like those the the defense that was in front of him, he he could be something, I would say. But I think he'll challenge for the backup spot, maybe not even at the beginning of the year, but you know when inevitably someone gets injured or someone just plays too poorly. And it could be that he'll just emerge as a guy. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Jake Allen's not super old, but he's 33. Um, I uh, pretty much all but guarantee Primo gets some run this year um, just because they want to see more. Um, like, I mean, rushing a goalie is not, what I'm trying to imply either. Like he's but... 24. That's not rushing. Like he, he, he played NHL games in 2019, yeah. 20 before COVID. If you like, I mean, like he, he's played a total of 21 NHL games in four seasons. It's time for him to take that step. Otherwise you're not doing it here at least. Yeah. But it is still rare that goalies come up that young. And are good 24? right away. Yeah, I mean, goalies notoriously take longer to develop. Like, he was drafted six or seven years ago. Like, this is, it's kind of we're at the point where, like, I kind of expect him to do something. Or or they're going to go hunting, for one. Yeah. We just... ha- they ha- they've had other guys, too, in the past that Price was blocking, like Charlie Lindgren. Um, and you know, now like kind of Charlie Lindgren's kind of like the type of guy who like this roster could use, you got to give him the run to see, to at least see, is this guy able to do something? And yeah, like maybe you're not going to blame him, especially if four of your six defensemen are 23 or under, but right, you want to see, can he make saves? Can he make the routine saves? Can he perform to a certain degree that when we have much more competent defense, he's going to be reliable enough to make those saves and then be should there have, in the spots. Then they should have Primo make the roster and give Allen minimal starts and maybe try to trade him. Yeah, and, and you know, teams are always looking. There's always a few teams that are like, oh, they kind of can use a goaltender and they go for like I, a decent amount of second round pick, maybe high protected first or something. like. Yeah. No, I think uh, I could see Tampa going after Jake Allen. Yeah, I, that, that's not terrible. I mean, that's not terrible, Paul. I, I think I can see that too. Um, I just think that if you go back to Tampa's assets that they have, they're very limited in what they got um, in terms of picks. Like, they have their third, fifth, sixth, and a few sevenths. Next year, they have most of their picks. Um, it's a little tough to see them being able to pull the trade and like, cause they don't also don't want to deep de- like, um, you know, uh, take away from all those picks that they have sub- in the subsequent years, because they got to refill those prospect pipeline. If they want to capitalize on, you know, Kucherov's thirties and, you know, point and Sorelli's primes. Yeah. I don't think Jake, hmm? I don't think Jake, I like, but I, I see what you're saying. Um, I mean, it's all about how desperate they are, and they're kind of desperate, right? So, 
I guess we'll wrap there. Um, All right. Very deep division, some indecision by me for sure uh, in terms of where some of these teams will finish, but um, very high on other teams and with other teams possibly in uh, transition. So um, thanks for listening. Give us a follow on the uh, socials, of course, and uh, we'll be back Monday uh, with a full slate of predictions, uh, future bets, and things of that sort. So excited for that. We're on the on the uh, final stretch here of the offseason, and I'm certainly ready for uh, regular season hockey. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for listening. Great five stars. And we can't wait to continue to talk to you next week. Yep. Bye. Everyone have a good weekend.